Chapter Five of the Captain's Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Captain's Story by Williams S. Martin. Chapter Five thorns and snares are in the way of the forward he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them proverbs twenty two five before quitting geeson i had written to my father to tell him of my resolution and i had also the effrontery to ask him to send me some money he was you may be sure deeply grieved on receiving such a letter but when i reached amsterdam i found an answer from him in which he enclosed twenty pounds the letter contained the most earnest and affectionate exhortations to me to return and repent assuring me of his willingness to forgive me if i did so if however in spite of all he could say i should refuse and still persist in my mad and wicked course he added my curse shall be upon you and follow you always i was much agitated by these terrible words and i seriously thought when i read them that i dared not go on but whether it was that i was ashamed to go back or from my desire to travel about the world or the idea that such a threat uttered i was sure in a moment of anger would never be fulfilled i hardened my heart against my better feelings and obstinately persisted in the course i had chosen alas how soon was i to know by bitter experience the terrible effects of a father's curse however i strove to dismiss all such thoughts from my mind and went down to the quay with all my money nearly thirty pounds in my pocket to look out for a ship about to sail either for north america or the indies i was not very particular which my great desire being to get to sea as soon as possible and then i thought my happiness will begin having heard that there was a fine vessel then loading for surinam i took a boat and went on board to see the captain but i soon found my means were insufficient for such a long voyage and returned from the ship quite low-spirited this may seem strange but it is a fact that whenever we are doing wrong wilfully and pursuing any course which our conscience cannot approve the slightest repulse is sufficient to cause us great uneasiness and any little hindrance we may meet with which at another time we should think nothing of is then enough to make us quite unhappy this was the case with me and i felt very miserable as i was walking up and down the quay 
the course i had chosen was one of disobedience and sin and i was realizing the truth of the words there is no peace to the wicked i had been walking up and down for nearly a quarter of an hour in this way when on raising my eyes i noticed a well-dressed young man apparently waiting to speak to me when i got near him he bowed politely and addressed me in german excuse me sir but you seem to be a stranger in this town and if i am not mistaken a german i am also quite a stranger here and i am rejoiced to meet with a fellow-countryman i was very glad to hear this and assured him of the pleasure i felt at meeting him and thus we soon got into conversation together when he heard that i intended to go abroad and thought of going to north america he seemed agreeably surprised and told me that he had just engaged a passage to new york in a vessel which was to sail the next day and added if you like i can take you to the captain's house for i think he has room for another passenger and on our way we can see the vessel which is not far from here i thanked him for his kind offer and we walked arm in arm down the quay where he soon showed me the ship riding at anchor she was a fine vessel newly painted and looking very trim and neat it seemed a very long way to the captain's house and i am sure we must have gone more than a mile together before we got there my new friend seemed to know the house well and led me down several passages to a little room at the back of the premises where he left me telling me he would go and call the captain as he went out i heard a slight grating noise as though he had locked the door after him and though i quite laughed at the idea yet after waiting impatiently for nearly half an hour for the captain to come i thought i would just look up and down the passage and see if i could find any one who would tell me where he was on reaching the door you may imagine my consultation at finding it was indeed locked horror seized me for i found i was like a mouse caught in a trap i flew to the window and found it was securely nailed down and then saw what i had not noticed before that it was guarded outside by stout iron bars now i began to realize the situation i was in and concluded that i was the victim of one of those crimps or kidnappers who in those times infested seaport towns and as i had read used all manner of artifices to decoy unwary travellers into their dens in order to rob them and then sell them into the military service of some distant colony this thought almost drove me frantic i tore my hair and wrung my hands and stamped on the floor with my feet i screamed and called for help but all in vain my prison was too well chosen for my cries 
to reach any but the persons of the house and after an hour spent in vain endeavours to escape i sank exhausted into a chair and sullenly awaited my fate after waiting about two hours as it seemed to me in this terrible state of rage grief and despair i heard the door unlocked and prepared myself to make one desperate effort for my liberty the door was thrown open and i felt my last chance of escape was gone when i saw two men enter with pistols loaded and cocked in their hands they soon compelled me by threats of instant death if i resisted to hand over all my money to them and then i was obliged to change my clothes for a very dirty sailor's dress which one of them had brought with him they were deaf to all my entreaties for pity and though i wept and besought them to let me go even if they took all i had from me and promised them a liberal reward it was all in vain they took no notice whatever of my complaints and merely putting down some bread and cheese and a mug of water on the table they gathered up all my clothes and left me to my own reflections when night came on i was again aroused and taken out of the house by a back door and conveyed on board a ship where i found several other young men who i concluded from their melancholy and dejected air were in a similar predicament to myself our captors were too numerous and well armed for resistance to be of any avail and as i could see that anything of the kind must only end in making our situation still worse than it was i made up my mind to suffer all my misery as patiently as i could as long as we were in sight of the land we were kept down in the hold and carefully guarded day and night by armed men and i was quite thankful when we got well out to sea and were allowed to go on deck we soon found however that our masters had no intention of letting us be idle during the voyage for we were kept constantly employed about the ship and made to do all the hardest and dirtiest work this was very distasteful to me with my lazy habits for i had never done a day's hard work before in my life and latterly even study had been quite irksome to me the curse with which my father had pronounced upon me had already begun to be terribly fulfilled and i now began to believe that it was indeed to follow me always end of chapter five recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c